I don't know how big his cock was, but uh, I'm gonna bet the over. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. I'll shock the jizz at you. Impolite. When we were dropping napalm in Vietnam, we just called it a one white Charlie. Inappropriate. For pedophiles that like older women, that's what a teen movie is. Shameless. The Great Midget Orgy of 1939. Unacceptable. I was just trying to check his prostate with my dick. Indiscreet. You don't grow the mullet, the mullet grows you. Immoral. I'm not a cannibal, but I eat ass. And beyond the pale. This is what Orwell warned us about. In the Cross Comedy is a reprehensibly distinguished educational comedy podcast hosted by stand-up comedian Carlos Valencia, Bobby D, and Ian. Either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. Welcome to episode 103 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 3 of season 3. That's a lot of 3s. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. Above me is Bobby. Yo. Below me is Ian. You know it. Tonight, we're going to be talking indecorous news, we'll be diving deep into the indecorous history of gambling, and we'll close it all out by answering listener questions, but before we do any of that, though, let's welcome our guest for tonight, Mr. Mark Handler, everybody. Mark, how you doing, sir? Hey, good day. How you been, bro? I'm pretty good. Even though I said good day, I'm not Australian. I'm actually, uh, <laughs> I'm mostly American. Yeah, but that makes you sound all the more exotic, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't not say exotic. I would say I'm I'm the opposite of a mutt. I am 100% good old boring Jew. That's right. <laughs> That's actually the nicest thing I've ever heard anybody say about a Jew. Carlos, what did I tell you before we started letting you do the booking for this podcast? Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> you know, but he's not a practicing Jew. Oh, okay. And for the listeners at home, there's no tiny hat. We can see him on the Zoom. So, Well, why would you see the tiny hat? It would be in behind his head. <laughs> And by the way, it's not called Tiny Hat. It's uh, called Jew Cap <laughs> for the folks at home. So let's get right into it, guys, because I actually, believe it or not, we have no corrections, apologies, or clarifications. Can you believe that? We have none for this. Uh, at least right now we don't. So let's just move on to our first segment of the night. This is Indecorous News. <laughs> Is a segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. The headline this week is Florida Man Does Some Florida Man Shit. Uh And the source is Associated Press. And let's just get right into it. Ian, you can uh, start us off. Alrighty. Florida resident William Bubba Hodge was just minding his own business, carrying an alligator, when he was spotted by Daytona Beach Shores police officers on Highway A1A. The officers took notice since alligator carrying is not common in Florida's Highway A1A, which is most famous for hot girls wearing less than bikinis, jealous rockman lovers driving Lamborghinis, Jealous because legendary rappers are getting theirs with 12-gauge shotguns and 9mm pistols ready for the chumps on the wall and chumps acting ill because they're full of 8-ball. Yeah, so this is not like, you know, everybody I think, well, uh, there's a lot of things you think about when you think about Florida, but uh, gators is a common one. However, apparently just carrying around a gator on Highway A1A is not a very common thing. Well, you just can't conceal it. 
You can open carry gators. Oh, that's right. You got to get that special license to get concealed yeah. alligator. <laughs> Florida's an open carry gator state. <laughs> and I think just to clarify, what's less than a bikini? I think a uh, merkin, right? I mean, that's probably the only thing I can come up with. All right. All right. So do we need to, uh, Mark, do you know what a merkin is? Uh, I do know what a merkin is, and I do not think that alligator one would be especially flattering. <laughs> yeah, alligator merkin, yeah, I'm with you. Now, if you want to leave the teeth in there, I'm in. That would be something. Now, now we're just giving out Halloween costume ideas. So to clarify and speculate a little, less than a bikini, to me, has to be a merkin. And what is a merkin for the folks at home? Can I, it, it could also be a thong for the rest of us. Yeah, maybe. So. Yeah, yeah. It could also just be nudity. But of course, this is where your mind goes, Ian. So my mind goes to this little fuzzy wig that the ladies wear downstairs to cover up the lady bits to make it more mysterious, you know, one night stand situation so that the gentleman can't ID them after the fact. Is that has that ever come up before where you had to ID them based on pubic hair? <laughs> Apparently they do that. Well, you know what? On, on CSI, you always hear about people getting identified by pubic hairs. I guess if you just have fake pubic hairs, then somebody... I, I don't know. Is it like... A, we sort of talked about this on an old episode when we had a bourbon bardo, if I remember correctly. We talked about, you know, oh, Merkins yeah. bring... What is it? Birkins? Merkins bring Birkins? Whatever. Something about a fucking yeah. purse. Yeah, it was part of that Birkenstock ad campaign. Yeah, that's right. That was it was yeah. We were, that's when Birkenstock was promoting the podcast. <laughs> uh, was sponsoring us. Yeah, so that like I don't know if these Merkins they're basically like wigs for the pubes, but I don't know if they're made of artificial fibers or if it's more like a locks of love type of thing where people <laughs> donate their pubes to cancer survivors. Right? Yeah, I could see that exactly. So I don't know if you were to commit a crime while wearing a Merkin. Well, then now that DNA is going to match with whoever donated. So you, so you think you're doing a good deed for some kid with cancer that lost all his pews, and now you're fucking uh, getting charged with murder. This is an awesome cold case mystery. Mm-hmm. It's more of a locks of hate situation. Locks of hate. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Now, let's learn a little bit more. Mark, actually, you can do this next one. All right. Hodge was arrested after he was seen trying to throw the alligator onto the roof of a beachside cocktail lounge. According to a police report, the man told police officers he was, quote, teaching it a lesson when he tried to throw the live alligator on the roof. He also told officers that he had stolen the gator from a miniature golf course. The alligator was later returned to management of Congo River Golf, where Hodge claimed to have stolen it from after a brief wrestling match. I would just like to think that that was a prize that you could win by playing putt-putt. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. He should have never even mentioned the fact that he stole it or or the wrestling match, which is another thing I want to get into. Yeah. But he was just like, nah, that's how badass I am. I hit three holes in one. You got a free alligator every fucking time that you do that. You just got to carry around a few tickets with you, and you. I think you can sell that. I'm not sure if they were actually wrestling so much as like it may have been a turnbuckle eating contest. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's a special, yeah, prop match. I think the gator had two choices, either be carried or become a purse. 
<laughs> and then, oh, so you think the this the alligator? This was its choice then. Oh yeah, so the alligator jumped. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> alligator shot first. It chose purse. <laughs> yeah, and I think we're perusing over this detail of the alligator just being free to roam the grounds of a mini golf course. I think you still have not looked up the definition of peruse, Ian. I don't think that's the definition <laughs> of peruse. I think the gator was just standing its ground or standing its swamp. <laughs> standing its swamp, yeah, I think that's a law in Florida. All right, so what are we looking over here, Ian? So just the fact that a golf course, a mini golf course for merry children at that, would just have a stray alligator wandering the grounds to make <laughs> it have that little hint of danger, you know? That's right. That's how you keep these fucking kids on their toes. That's what Disney did. Oh, yeah, that's right. They had an alligator. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's like fucking Disney did this shit. So they're just trying to copy from the big guns in Florida. It's like, all right, this is how you get tourists to come over. Is I can yeah. see their jingle being something like, if your kid gets eaten by the alligator, you get 18 holes for free on us. <laughs> that's right. Hey, hey, if, it, if, it's, if it's Disney, they're killing off the parents. That's, that's their <laughs> thing. They kill parents and watch orphans suffer for the first hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. Fortunately, Bubba was arrested before gunshots rang out like a bell, and all that was heard was shells falling on the concrete real fast, which would have forced drivers to slam on the gas in a bumper-to-bumper packed avenue trying to get away before the jackers jack... What what have you been listening to lately, Carlos? And we know you're easily influenced. What are you talking about? I'm I'm trying to explain the story, Have you been listening to Pitbull? Is that what this is? (laughs) This is very much to the story. Sorry that I am uh, very detailed in my reporting. Did you type in Florida rap into your search bar? How dare you? I'm getting a little much testosterone on this one. Are you trying to say that I jacked somebody's rhymes and shit? How dare you? That's uh, them <laughs> yeah. fighting words, man. You're lucky this isn't the yeah. Breakfast Club, all right? Fucking, this would be going down, bro. Yes, I'm, I am formally accusing you of biting, my friend. God, oh, <laughs> shit. All right, all right. The next next episode is going to be a fucking battle, dude. <laughs> Carlo Main the God is what I'm going to go by. <laughs> and I'll be the impartial referee that sneaks a cheer on to the wrestling match. Carlo's Main the God. All right, you can... Uh, okay. Bobby, if you're done with your editorializing, you can finish the paragraph. Yeah, uh, okay. Packed Avenue trying to get away before the Jackers Jack and police were on the scene and confronted all the dope fiends. Hodge was charged with five offenses, including the felonies of animal cruelty, possession slash injury of an alligator, and burglary. Now, I want to see that statute on the books. We do a lot of state laws, but I, I mean possession or injury of an alligator. Yeah. That's only three offenses, though. What were the other ones, like clashing and being after Labor Day? (laughs) (laughs) This is Florida, so I feel like there's a felony just called etc. in Florida. (laughs) You just get charged with third degree etc. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good point, though. Yeah, there were more offenses. I just listed those three because I like that in Florida, they have not just animal cruelty, but they have a separate law specifically for alligators. Like, that's how often this shit comes up. It's like, yeah, animal cruelty doesn't cover it. We need to have a a specific possession and injury of an alligator law. It's like an alligator hate crime situation. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It was happening too often. So I'm no expert in Florida statutory or tort law, but I think in most cases you can just plead four loco, 
Florida man behavior <laughs> bullshit. And it'll be like, all right, for punishment, as long as we can run your shit all over the tabloids, then that's punishment enough. Case dismissed. So real quick, you, okay, the hardest punch there was to plead for loco. You should have just stopped there. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing the for loco defense. <laughs> I think you were onto something there in like North Carolina. They still have that whole antiquated prayer for judgment thing. Oh, I, I know. think Florida should have four loco defense. I think you were on. I'm telling you, dude, they can plead the four loco defense every fucking yeah. day. What is it? What I'm not. I'm unfamiliar with what you're talking about, Bobby. What prayer is for this? judgment is like whenever you go in and you say, "My client fucked up, Your Honor. He's a dumb fuck. Let him off the hook." Just it's called prayer for judgment. Instead of pleading guilty, not guilty. You can do that. And the judge would be like lenient on him because, yeah. It's kind of like legally saying my bad, but bringing the Bible into it for some reason. Exactly. It's legally, yeah. The legal defense of my bad plus Jesus. Mark, you heard about this? Yeah. Nothing says I've learned a lot than the Old Testament. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's right. All right, guys, we are going to move on to our main segment of the podcast. This is Indecorous Deep Dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's Deep Dive was written by Bobby. Whether it's losing everything in a Las Vegas casino or getting your friend to eat something disgusting for some cash as a kid, people love to place bets. You might be a whale that wins millions in high-stakes poker hands or a degenerate gambler that can't be trusted with your social security check anywhere near a scratch-up ticket. Tonight, we're going to talk about a few people that have made some of the more interesting bets over the years. And Ian, you can start us off with this first one. Okay. A guy named Michael Nouri took a bet that involved eating $1,000 worth of food from McDonald's. In case you're thinking you could do that with some creative loopholes, there were quite a few stipulations to make it even harder. I have questions. Are we talking about good old US of A, where my McDonald's pays $7.25 an hour and the Big Macs cost a few dollars? Or are we talking about some socialist, you know, communist <laughs> countries where they pay $18 an hour and the Big Macs cost like 10 cents more? See, I yeah. I was actually thinking you were going to take out the other way where you'd like some third world countries where a thousand dollars of McDonald's is like fucking three years of food sort of shit. Yeah. So that's a great, that is a great question either way. Or, or like it's uh, Zimbabwe McDonald's where it's like four billion dollars for yeah. a big Mac. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm glad it specified dollars because, yeah, if it was like a thousand of whatever local currency it is, God knows. I mean, yeah, for actually it would go the other way. It's just a McNugget. You can just get one McNugget for yeah. 1,000 uh, Zimbabwe bucks. That's what he should have done. It should have been like a currency conversion situation. Or you get fucked and they're like, no, it's a thousand in Bitcoin. And then you're fucking eating $10 million of McDonald's. <laughs> It'd be nice if it was like a diamond crusted McRib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, wait, isn't that what that Lil Uzi Vert gets when he goes? Is that what it is? Oh, okay. See, Bobby likes to throw in rappers because he wants to sound hip. He wants to sound cool. What is this? Oh, that sounds like a snowboarding trick to me. He did the Lil Uzi Vert. Oh, I, I found out about him in the news because he has a 23 or $24 million diamond. Oh, the diamond that got stolen, right? Yeah, I heard about this. Well, they I they, it was recovered or whatever, but he had it fucking implanted in his forehead. Yeah, of course someone's going to steal oh that shit. Oh, my God. Jesus. Like a, yeah. like a troll doll. Like a troll doll, right? Isn't that what they did back in the day? 
a real life troll doll. It's yeah. crazy, but I mean, it's honestly like, yeah, that's that seems like the next step to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like we're getting everything is getting so ridiculous that I'm like, yeah, sure, implanted diamond in your head. That sounds about right. Human yeah, evolution I, needs I, to go I, that way anyway. So fuck it. I'd like to talk to his financial advisor and be like, okay, man, like <laughs> we're gonna set you up for the future. You can either get this uh, this ten story apartment complex that'll have recurring monthly revenue. Or uh, this rock on your head. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he was like, what? Why did you even mention that first thing if the second thing was an option? Yeah. Rock in the head. Yeah. yeah. I'll take that, that diamond, Bindi. Won't be a cultural appropriating anyone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it does remind me of food in expensive restaurants that are just trying to sound fancy and they just fucking sprinkle gold on shit. Like that's going to enhance the taste of whatever oh, the fuck that they're but it sure justifies adding a couple thousand dollars to that hamburger fuck yeah as far yeah. as the cost yeah yeah i just remind i was just reminded that the other day because gold schlager actually has like traces of gold in it i'm like you can keep the gold dude i don't really i'm not trying to fucking yeah mm-hmm. all right well there's stipulations to this so ian actually we might get a little more specific on what the definitions and rules were for this bet okay so there was a maximum of $200 on salads. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that being the fucking guy that's ordering salads at McDonald's. Yeah. Trying to weed out the bitches. You know what? I don't know how they are now, but back in the day when I had limited food choices near where I worked, I would get like a chicken Caesar salad at uh, McDonald's or their version of it. And it wasn't terrible. All right, that would spin our sponsor of the night is uh, McDonald's Salads. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Bobby. I don't know why I felt the need to say that. Yeah, because, no, listen, we don't want to shit on McDonald's. <laughs> that would have been kind of cool if that's what the Croc Foundation was about, was having killed anybody that said anything bad about McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care about the McDonald's shit. It's the fact that they invented Crocs. That's what I hate the most about the Croc Foundation. <laughs> I'll never forgive them for that. So what other stipulations <laughs> okay. of this bed, Bobby? You had to eat a minimum of $300 of hot foods. Okay. At least $50 in burgers. Drinks do not count. Items can't be removed from the order. You must eat everything it comes with. The food can't be blended. And the inevitable puking doesn't disqualify you, but forced or repeated puking does. <laughs> Oh, wait, so this is maybe how they get away with the whole Zimbabwe loophole we were talking about earlier. It says no airport McDonald's with inflated pricing. Oh, that's a great one, too. I'm sure I'm not the first one to say this, but it is really ridiculous how much more they charge at airports for anything, kind of anything. I don't know how, how do they get away with, I mean, obviously they're doing it because you're trapped there. You got nowhere else to go, so you have to eat there. But how is that fucking legal? I was like, all right, yeah, no, we could charge you a shitload of money just because we fucking can. Are you questioning lay capitalism? Because, <laughs> I, it, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Last they, time I'm, I checked, supply and demand was the Bible. D- dude, I think I found the one place maybe in the world that either doesn't do that or the stuff is just ridiculously cheap outside of the airport. But believe it or not, Wahlburgers in Boston actually has reasonable pricing for their airport food. All right, now we're trying to pander to Mark Wahlberg. Is that what we're doing now? Well, you know, you got to try something, man. I, You know, I don't know what's going on there, but I do know that at least, I want to say, I could be wrong about this, but it, I think the stadium in Atlanta 
I think it's the Falcons. The guy's like, no, we're just going to have regular prices because that's another place where they'll try to rape you with the fucking prices of the yeah. of alcohol and everything else. They'll be like, no, we're just going to have regular prices at the stadium. I'm like, fuck yeah, motherfucker. I just yeah. think like any anytime that you do anything and your excuse for doing it is because we can, it's never a good reason. Yeah. Well, I like too how it's like, oh no, the tickets are still going to be $300. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're just jack. They're making it up on the tickets for how yeah. the cheap uh, the concessions are. It's the beer that's reasonable. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I went to Italy and we're standing in front of the Pantheon, which is like you know some big old famous building that's like two thousand years old. And right in front of it is a McDonald's. And I was like, How American can I be? Leave <laughs> the country, fly across the globe to eat McDonald's. So <laughs> there I was eating fries, basically spitting on Rome's greatness. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to do when I travel sometimes. Like when I first moved to New York, everybody's like, oh, the New York pizza. So I just started uh, at one point. I Actually, it might have been like I was watching the Super Bowl uh, with a bunch of comics and we ordered Papa John's. And so I took a picture of it. I'm like, ah, this New York pizza, it's the best. <laughs> People get very, very angry when you do that sort of thing. Or when I, when I went to LA, I, I went to like, Cadoba or some shit like that. Ah, the Mexican food here in Southern California. You can't beat Authentic it. Authentic Mexican food. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, nothing pisses people off more than doing inauthentic food where they're supposed to be better. It makes my day to aggravate people is basically what I'm trying to say here. So, Mark, actually, you can tell us more about this. Sure. It turns out the bet was as difficult as it was disgusting. Nori ordered $150 worth of food and ate $95 worth before calling off the bet. <laughs> On a less disgusting note, news of the bet spread and Nori was able to raise $14,000 for charity. Uh, what charity? I'm just going to assume that charity involves a uh, kale pectate or some sort of pink liquid. Di- yeah, diabetes, yeah. probably di- diabetes. It's a, a charity that will pay for your bypass surgery. Yeah. yeah. I feel so shitty. Maybe it's just an older. I mean, I think when you're super young, it doesn't matter what you put in your body. You're just going to fucking roll with it. But at this day and age, if I eat just like a McChicken, I know I'm going to be feeling sick. Yeah. Within the next couple of hours. Anything with the Mick prefix is going <laughs> yeah, to make you ill. That's right. That's right. It'd be great if they uh, like uh, paid off the bet in like uh, the Monopoly tickets where he has to go back and only use them at McDonald's. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I always thought they should have because they, they brought it back because there was a big fraud about it. The, oh, the, yeah. The that was McMillions good... was a good documentary about it. it but uh, I always thought they should give you all the cards. You know, like you can get a get out of jail free card, too, when you play McDonald's Monopoly. Yes. And so you get to murder somebody and you're like, ah, look at this. Get out of jail free, motherfucker. <laughs> but then it's a dilemma. It's like, do I want to use this or do I want to plead for loco? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. I'll do this next one. Wimbledon tennis champion Bobby Riggs once challenged poker pro Amarillo Slim to a game of ping pong with $10,000 on the line. Slim said he would only take the bet under one condition, that he got to choose the paddles. First of all, I just want to say that... Mark is my one of my poker buddies, so he knows all about this poker shit and gambling. I am more of a newbie, so the fact that there is a genuine person called Amarillo Slim, that blows my mind. Like, that sounds like the Cincinnati kid or some shit like that. Yeah, that is not on his birth certificate. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> yeah. He went through like a six-month period where he had to like insist that his called him that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bob. He's like, no, it's Amarillo Slim. Yeah. Amarillo Slim. I told you. And he's like, dude, you're fat as fuck. He's yeah. like, nah, Slim. You still have to say Slim. 
He's like, no, I will not pass you the lighter until you refer to me by my... <laughs> that's, that's right. But this is a genuine person, Mark. It's a, it, he, he is referred to as the person who kept the money. Uh, he's one of the more famous uh, and colorful Vegas uh, gamblers who bet everyone everything and was just a huge net winner, and he never got suckered. So th- th- this bet is totally his brand. It's a fucking legend. That's a, that's <laughs> so what he's the goat, basically. Exactly. So, Bobby, tell us a little bit more. So, okay, just to recap, because I just got off on a thing. You said he'd take the bet under the one condition he get to choose the paddles. Bobby, you do the next one. Concerned that Slim was trying to pull some weighted or hollow paddle scam, Riggs clarified that he got to pick his choice of whichever paddle Slim showed up with, and it was game on. They met at the Bel Air Country Club the next day, which may very well be the whitest venue imaginable outside of any Mormon church, (laughs) and Slim brought the paddles indeed. Two skillets of the same weight and size that Riggs got his choice of. Yeah, and by the way, I remember that show, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air Country Club? That was a good one. I think yeah. they're bringing that back. It was the same show, but with a white family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ian, you can do this next one here. Alrighty. Amarillo Slim had been practicing ping pong with a skillet since he met Bobby Riggs. Riggs planned on hustling Slim, not knowing that Slim lived by the words, the easiest person to hustle is a hustler. Slim later challenged another person under the same rules that he got to choose the paddle. So are we assuming here that every person that plays tennis translates perfectly into ping pong? Like if you're playing hockey, you're also in air hockey. Is that like a known thing or? I always thought it was like, you know what uh, midgets call table tennis? They call it tennis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it's necessarily a thing that translates either way. You know, obviously, because there's a lot of more physical effort that goes into playing tennis. But I do wonder about that sometimes. Like, yeah, if, if you're a good tennis player, does that necessarily mean that you're going to be a good table tennis player? Because this story would carry a lot more weight for me if this was like one of those eight-year-old Chinese prodigy yeah, right. master table tennis guys or whatever, you know? But and, and I just want to clarify that ice hockey is nothing like air hockey. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is not the, the greatest uh, analogy that you uh, did there. <laughs> Are you just saying that because you got kicked out of the arcade for putting kids in a headlock and just punching them until they have a bloody face? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was constantly penalized for icing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you go, Mark. You can do this next thing. Sure. So knowing that everyone knew that's how he beat Riggs, Slim showed up to the match with glass Coke bottles for paddles that, of course, he had been practicing with. Needless to say, no one ever challenged Amarillo Slim to ping pong bets ever again, no matter the terms. This is what it's scary. Like, I'm not a big gambler. Well, I do enjoy gambling, but when it's like weird shit like this, and because of anecdotes or stories like this, now it's like I'm hesitant because I do like to gamble straight up on shit. But then they'll be like, oh, no, I said that he would win that day. But he won at night. And I'm like, ah, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be that specific about shit, like, that's what scares me about doing these bets when people get like super specific about a bet yeah automatically though i would say the whole thing that that you get to choose the paddles or whatever that automatically would be like i don't know this seems like a red flag to me it just seems like he has the imagination of like an eight-year-old of like hey wouldn't it be cool if we did this and then he did it yeah Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's also one of those things like you should always be wary of anybody that's willing to put up 10 grand on ping pong. <laughs> yeah. They are up to some shit. There's a ruse. Yeah, for one thing, you should probably be wary of anybody called Amarillo Slim. Yeah. Like a $10,000 ping pong bet sounds like something Mitt Romney was involved with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They call me San Antonio Slick. Let's do a bet. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, with this next one, when it comes to prop bets, which are bets that something will or won't happen during a game but don't have an impact on its outcome, one man figured out a way to increase his odds of winning big time. And Bobby, who was this man? He's a 31-year-old Florida man. Of course it is. Is it the same guy that threw the gator on the fucking thing? They're all the same guy. I think it's Orlando Carl. Yeah. Orlando (laughs) (laughs) Carl. So a 31-year-old Florida man pooled $50,000 together between his friends and found an unregulated sports book in Las Vegas that would take the prop bet he was looking for, that a streaker would shed his or her clothes and run across the field during the game. With that much cash on the line, the man decided he could beat the house by handling the streaking himself and turn that $50,000 into $375,000. Dude, this dude is my fucking hero. I mean, so this guy with a group of friends bought the Super Bowl tickets, cost a lot of money to get low enough down, had some of his buddies take care of the security to kind of create the distraction and let this dude run his naked ass. And this happened in the most recent Super Bowl, too. Yeah, this was this last Super Bowl. To me, in my book, this dude single-handedly washes away the sins of all the collective Florida men in the world by this one sheer act of genius. Wait, say naked again a few times, Ian, please. <laughs> Bobby loves the way Ian says naked. Yeah. The, this is why we don't use the video part of, of Zoom, because Bobby has got a huge fucking erection right now. <laughs> <laughs> you hear about this, Mark? No, this is fantastic. I don't know who this guy is, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, and and then I don't know how big his cock was, but uh, I'm going to bet the over. <laughs> this happened last super bowl because last super bowl was in tampa bay it was there wasn't that many people there because of covid so it wasn't a full stadium and there was a streaker and i remember the story when it came out and then it came out that like this guy was like yeah i put a prop bet that there would be a streaker and he got out of jail i don't know what his bail was maybe ten thousand dollars but if he bet a bunch of money on there being a streaker then, of course, he's going to more than make up for that money. Yeah, but is is it also one of those things, though, too, where, like, if you were to streak in 2021 and there happened to be a child in the stadium, now you got to <laughs> register as a sex offender for the rest of your life? Yeah, but then you just knock on those doors and like, hey, I'm a sex offender and I got a million dollars, so <laughs> yeah, fuck I'm a, you. Yeah. I'm a rich-ass sex <laughs> yeah. offender. <laughs> yeah, I'm a rich-ass sex <laughs> I'm just here mostly to tell you that I'm rich as fuck. I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> So for the next Super Bowl, is he going to bring like his uh, emotional support alligator and run across the the field there? (laughs) What I did here, and this is a sad conclusion, is that he did this through that uh, website. What is it? Bovada? Is that what it's called? Mark, you would know. Yeah, close enough. He did that, and they were like, oh, there's abnormalities here. So they refused to pay him the money. They reneged. Oh, my God. That sucks. But, you know, though, I mean, to be fair, if ever there was a reason to not pay somebody. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, but you know what, though? To an extent, it's like, hey, man, you should have seen this coming. Unless it says in the rules, you can't be the guy yeah. that's streaking. 
I, I do like the contrast that the guy who had to eat McDonald's had about 20 stipulations on the rules for a ten thousand dollar bet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like fifty grand on streaking. And like, yeah, that, that checks out. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just went for it. No clarification needed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Ian, you can do this next one. All right. When it comes to stacking the deck in your favor, no other gambler can touch Phil Ivy, who won more than twenty million playing a form of baccarat using a controversial technique called edge sorting. Basically, he used a defect in the print on the back of the cards to identify them and beat the game. I've heard of this. This is a pretty advanced yet clever technique. And this edge sorting is totally different than the other edging that we're familiar with, correct, Carlos? <laughs> yeah, it's completely different from the other edging that I'm sure Ian is completely familiar with. One pays off with like 30 seconds of bliss and the other pays off with uh, $20 million, apparently. If your edging lasts 30 seconds, then... We need to talk about what we consider a long period of time for, for dude. edging. <laughs> dude, dude, I, I'm happy to share some techniques. I mean, right. dude. This will go on the Patreon bonuses. Yeah. We're talking multiple male orgasms. It's not a myth. It is not a myth. I can share secrets, my oh, friend. My Just when you thought Ian couldn't get any creepier. <laughs> <laughs> no one thought that, by any means. No one thought there was a bottom to this shit. Yeah, it's the Emerald Slim <laughs> technique, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mark, you can tell us this next part of this story. Sure. Along with a mysterious Asian female friend and a dealer who speaks Mandarin Chinese used by the casino per Ivy's request, the trio fleece casinos that are now suing the trio. In exchange for advanced deposits in the millions, casinos would agree to Ivy's terms, like using a specific brand of playing card and an automatic shuffler and his favorite kind of Kit Kat. Wow. <laughs> Well, let me tell you more. Ivy played for huge sums, $50,000 to $150,000 per hand. I mean, that's a whole month's Patreon money for us. His lady <laughs> friend, identified in court documents as Cheng Ying Sun and previously banned from casinos around the world, spoke in Mandarin with their dealer friend to rotate certain cards at a certain angle so the defects on the edge of the cards would be recognized. And Bobby, you can tell us more. Ivy reportedly won $12.1 million at Crockford's in London, but they're refusing to pay, so Ivy is suing. Ivy took the Borgata in Atlantic City, and they're suing him, the woman, and even the employee at the playing card company who was responsible for inspecting the cards sent to the casino. Mark, you can tell us his next part. Sure. Nelson Rose, who's a gambling law specialist and professor at Whittier Law School, said... It's up to the casino to make sure there are no readable markings on the back of the cards. Ivy used information available to all players. By definition, that ain't cheating. That's what I was trying. That's actually, even though I didn't realize that was going to be the next chapter, that, that's kind of what I was trying to convey is that, hey, if you find some sort of way of giving yourself an advantage that hasn't been previously stated as being against the rules, then I think you should be allowed to do it. Yeah, dude. And them's the rules. Yeah. Found a loophole. The cuz fuck em defense. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, to an extent, I don't... But I mean, really, the casino always has the advantage. Yeah. House edge. That they're always going to make more money, unless you're an idiot like Trump, and you fucking bankrupt a casino somehow because you're a fucking moron. Uh, Multiple casinos, Multiple Carlos. casinos, yeah. But otherwise, the casino always has the advantage. So if you can find some sort of way that is in your advantage that is not in the rules that you can't fucking take advantage of, then it's on the fucking casino to be like, hey, man, oh, we should have thought about that first. 
And then maybe you can like change the rule afterwards. But if you take advantage of it before they get to it, fuck it. And, and as a side note, the mysterious Asian female, her nickname online is Amarillo Changying Sum. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, you can do this next one. All right. Brian Zimbik, a magician and high stakes gambler who goes by The Wiz, got all the attention you could imagine a magician would want when, in 1996, someone bet him $100,000 that he wouldn't get breast implants and keep them for an entire year. What? That is just, that is nonsense. That's where the slogan, nobody beats the whiz, comes from. Oh, that's where that was. That's <laughs> yeah. What the, yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> I remember that from, because uh, of the Seinfeld episode, obviously. Yeah. But I also wonder how that, well, this is, I'm going on a side note here, because I, I used to live in Jersey, and Mike, you're originally from there, but I don't know, you left when you were like a little kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're one of the refugees. You guys left the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your parents were smart <laughs> enough to get you out of there before the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole thing going on at the border. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But that, but there was a store called Nobody Beats the Wiz, and that's what where that came from. But I wonder, like, how did this play everywhere else? Like, did you... Well, let me ask... Well, Bobby, did you know about Nobody Beats the Wiz, the actual store, before that Seinfeld episode? I heard of it, but I... I forgot about the Seinfeld episode, but I do think, yeah, that was a store at one point, right? I mean, Ian, did you know about it? I did not. Mark, did you know about it? I, I mean, I, it's it's kind of like the female orgasm. Like, I've heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, you can tell us more about this. The kicker is, when the year was over, Zembrick became accustomed to the implants and did not have them removed. While this might have been his most famous wager... Zembrick was no stranger to crazy bets. He once lived in a bathroom for a week to win $7,000, lived in a box for a week to win $25,000, and beat poker star Doyle Brunson in a ping pong match for $14,000. I don't think any uh, cast iron was involved in that. So this guy's basically David Blaine making bets, essentially. Yeah, that's right. That's a great fucking uh, analogy, and You've redeemed yourself. Well, these <laughs> people aren't very original, really. It's just ping pong and living in small spaces. <laughs> Who's Doyle Brunson for the folks at home, Mark? He is one of the most famous Texas Hold'em poker players. And actually, his professionalism and skill basically make him the number one guy of all time. You can talk about the other famous folks, but Brunson basically put Texas Hold'em on the map. Now, and in saying this, and with you, with that's high praise, being the most professional poker star, he still took this bet. So can we safely assume that even the most professional poker person is still a gambler? They're still going to take <laughs> these fucking ridiculous fucking like, all right, you know what? Let's fucking take a chance on that. You know what it comes down to is no one can resist a ping pong bet. <laughs> That's right. So there's a story about how much of a gambler he was when he was younger. And he actually bet somebody they walked outside and they bet who could pull a weed that had the longest root system. So they, they basically said, I'll go I bet you I'll pull a weed. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was the bet. That was the Jeez. bet. Pulling, pulling a weed. That's, see, that's the thing is like, Jesus, like I feel like I am a bit of a gambler. Like I've talked about it on the podcast briefly a few times where when I do a casino gig, my paycheck is always in danger because <laughs> I'm going to play it on the slots and shit like that. But 
if it's like bets like that, like, all right, who's going to pull the longest <laughs> weed? I'd be like, I can't know. No, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of where you found slot machines that you can use chicken tenders on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bobby still thinks I'm being paid in chicken. T- he he does not believe me that I have made a career as stand-up comedy. Hey, that is the comedy economy that I knew. All right, that's, right. that's the comedy. Yeah, before Bitcoin, there was chicken tenders. That was the actual tenders. That's why they called them tender. Oh, it was yeah. chicken tenders. That's how that came about, yeah. and that's how they paid comics. And I'm like, what's the problem? It's legal tender. <laughs> yes, right. That's right. Well, let me tell you a bit more about this Zemberg. He also once won a bet that involved sleeping in New York City's Central Park with $20,000 cash on him, which we can only assume was wagered by someone who wanted him dead. So somebody was like, hey, here's $20,000. You got to sleep in, New- in Central Park. If you make it through the night, you can have the $20,000. I don't know that it was like a $20,000 bet. But that's apparently what he had on him when he somehow wasn't murdered. See, this is the only bet I'm actually interested in because the rest of those things all involve cardio. And <laughs> I am not about to exercise and lose. Uh, right, right. <laughs> I mean, we're these are exaggerated bets, in my opinion, just because I'm not in that world. But I also think about uh, there's people that do make a living just as gamblers. Like, they, that's how they yeah. make a living. And I'm like, what? You can make a little, but I guess if you're good enough, I mean, dude, one of my, I'm not going to, I was going to say heroes, but that's a little bit too, too big of a word. James Holzhauer. Exactly. Yeah, you read my mind. That's what, before he got into being the, one of the top three Jeopardy champions of all time, because Jeopardy is my jam. That's what he was billed as, like a professional gambler. Like, I didn't even know yeah. that that was a thing. I'm glad that he came along because your hero for a long time had just been Hitler. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Who who allowed Mark to be a, a podcast? I don't know what happened here. Well, you broke my rule, so <laughs> here right. we are. This is what we get. Uh, actually, before I go on my rant, Bobby, just close us out here, man. Well, it's hard to imagine earning just under $274 a day for having breast implants for a year. We can all agree that a man getting fake tits for a year is still a more respectable way to earn money than being a magician. Ah, fucking nail those magicians, Bobby. Hell yeah. All right, everybody, it's time to move on to our last segment of the podcast. We like to close the show with questions sent from our handful of listeners around the world. We accept all questions, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. Question one is always, where do I send questions? And that's always indecorouscomedy at gmail.com or through social media. Facebook slash Instagram at indecorouscomedy, Twitter at indecorouspot, Patreon at themshits.com. And how do you spell indecorous, Bobby? That's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. That's perfect. And this first question comes from Aaron. And actually, I'll give a shout out to Aaron. Aaron sent this one for our 100 episode, but we couldn't fit it in because we already had questions for that episode. But it's still, I think, a valid question. He asks, will human civilization last another 100 years? My answer is, I think it will. Now, those last 50 to 25 years might be fucking hell on earth 
because of what we're doing now and what we've been doing for the last hundred years. But I think we can pull out another hundred years. In my opinion, I have to put money. Again, this episode has been mostly about gambling. If I had to put money on it, I would put a hundred dollars that will last another hundred years. And by last, I mean, there'll be at least one human being left. Yeah. Yeah. Chernobyl is still around. Exactly. Exactly. If we if we survive that, like I think, you know, with global warming and everything else that's going on, it's going to be a catastrophe. It might be a planet that you don't want to live in, but there'll still be enough humans here that will be here in a hundred years. How about you, Mark? What do you think? I, I think first of all, it's a legit good question because uh, you know a hundred years really isn't that long uh, right. when you just see what we're doing. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to take the over. I've, I've, I've got faith in enough people that uh, the, the smart people will eventually prevail. It's really just America that its own little vacuum of, of nonsense. You go to another country and you're like, oh, people actually trust other people. That's a great point, Mark, because I do agree that a lot of people, at least in this country, have a very myopic view of what the world is. When they talk about the world, they're just thinking about the United States. Yeah, And although I do still think that the United States will be around, but we won't be the superpower that everyone within the last, what, 70 years has gotten used to. Like the United States is the main power of the world. What do you think, Bobby? Now, is that going to be because we lose another war to another Stan country? Yes, right. I mean, we look. We lost Vietnam. We still. I think we'll survive the Stan Wars. I think it'll just be the idiocy inside our own country. I mean, we we just did an episode about covidiots last week. I think it'll be the idiocy in our own country that's going to fucking bring us down. In my opinion, what do you think, Ian? So, I mean, I'm I'm going to go contrarian on this. I mean, we already experienced it. The four years under Trump was pretty much the prequel to the movie Idiocracy. And now we're seeing a second wave of COVID idiots essentially bottlenecking the ICUs all over the goddamn world, frankly. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not just America doing this shit. And I mean, I think that the exponential growth from what I thought was, oh, it looks like a prequel to Idiocracy. That's kind of funny. Maybe another 200 years will be there. And then almost overnight, boom, we're already like 10 years out from the opening credits of Idiocracy. I mean, exponentially, we're just increasing our parallel rate to that. So I think 100 years, good fucking luck is all I got to say. The the trajectory that we're on. How about you, Mark? What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I mean, actually, when it comes to COVID, I think COVID is actually kind of genius. It's it's one of the best Republican voter suppression measures ever. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. When we did the COVID idiots segment on the last episode... That's basically what I said. It was just like, it just started as an indiscriminate killer. And then after science caught up with it, it became just a targeted idiot killer. Because it was like, no, we have the means to try to prevent dying from this. It's just if you're too dumb to trust science, then you're going to be infected and maybe die. But they are adjusting for their dead voters by just more voter suppression. Making it harder to vote. Yeah, more voter suppression. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. So it all evens out, evens out the balance. Exactly. Like, dude, we're like we are not gonna get another Georgia Senate seat. All right. That's not happening. That's a great point. That's a great point. All right, let's go on to our second question. Kayla asks If you're obviously asleep, why do people feel the need to ask if you are asleep and wake you up? 
I say stop asking me if I'm asleep and just hurry up and finish. (laughs) (laughs) Great answer, Bobby. How about you, Mark? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, no one's waking you up to bring up a topic that you want to talk about. Yes. So it's like if someone if someone's like, hey, you awake, here's the one answer. You wait five seconds and then you work on your snore. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because it's always like, hey, are you awake? Where is this going? (laughs) Yes. Exactly. How about you, Ian? Ian, any thoughts on this? Yeah. If you're not waking me up to a blowjob, then leave me the fuck alone. Hold on. So Ian's getting both wake up blowjobs and lazy day blowjobs. Oh yeah, fucking. We established this, Bobby. Ian's getting blowjobs left and right. I don't know. And he's married, so I don't know how the fuck this happened. I thought that was the reason that women married men is so they wouldn't have to blow anybody ever else again in their entire life. I just want to know how your kindergarten class reacted to that stance where it's like, ah, it's nap time and teacher, I ain't getting up until you know, little hum hum. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany asked this last question of the night. If a guy uses a blowjob to... This all comes back to blowjobs, I guess. Perfect segue, bro. Exactly. <laughs> Tiffany asks, if a guy uses a blowjob toy, is it masturbation or a robot blowjob? If it's robot sex, then when we use dildos, are we masturbating or banging robot dick? This is some philosophical shit. It's very philosophical shit, and I know you were going to jump on this, Ian. Yeah, dude. So I'll let you take the first stab at this answer. You guys just threw something that's right in my wheelhouse. So I think the first point is we got to talk batteries. So if we're going to go AAA, that's clearly just a fucking dildo. AA, clearly a dildo. We get into the C's and D's. Now we're getting into some robot sort of kind of territory. You give me a nine volt, then maybe we're talking about some AI shit. So, Okay, that's a great point. That's really what's changed the dynamic of everything. It used to be the thickness of the cock. You're talking about the thickness of the battery. Yeah, dude, I think that's where the line in the sand is. Fuck, dude, fuck that. The future is AC adapter. <laughs> you just fucking plug that shit in? Is that what you're trying to say? Mark, you're the most important person on the podcast. What do you think? Boy, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, I, I don't like to really clean anything uh, little in my hands. Um, so <laughs> anyone's going to help me out, I'm interested. You know, when this question was posed by Tiffany, it reminded me of a very old episode that we did on uh, season one. Remember when we were so young and innocent? Bobby, Ian, remember that? <laughs> yeah, dude. And we did... I don't know how it came up because I can't remember all these shits, but it was about having robot prostitutes for truckers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they're always going to the gas station to get the lot lizards. Lot so lizards. maybe eventually they'll have like just trucks that have a robot prostitute inside the truck, which I thought would be the next script for the next Transformers movie. And, and I want to I want to be clear. Big difference between a gas station and a truck stop. All right. There's, Re- oh, that's yeah. true. Different levels of class. There, you're right, right. You're right. Not all gas stations are truck stops, but all truck stops are gas stations. That's so true. We there can agree go. with that. But I think this is a very good question. Like, I think with the technology that we have out right now, I think it's all masturbation. But what if you did get a robot that can fucking suck your dick? Okay, is that masturbation or is it just a robot blowjob? When we put it in those terms, I think the question becomes. How automated is this thing? Like, are you turning it on? Do your hands go on this thing before it blows you or does it not? I just want to go on record that I just coined the term row job. 
Oh, road okay. job. Road job. Road job. What and what is the definition to this? Robot blowjob. It's a road job. Road job. Oh, road job. I thought you said road <laughs> like R O A D. That's R O J O B. Yeah, that's right. I see what you did there. Road job. All right. Well, uh, check out our website for the new road jobs shirts and masks. Do we still do masks? I don't even know if that's a <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a robot dick. Yeah, down. just a robot dick. Yeah, I'm okay with any robot, just as long as I don't have to make eye contact with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to make this robot ashamed of blowing me. It's my main concern. <laughs> you see a robot eye roll? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty yeah. bad. I don't I don't want to put a robot through that, uh, what is it, the slut walk the next day? What is that term that I'm not Oh, yeah, the, the, the walk of shame. The walk of shame. I don't want to put a robot <laughs> through the walk of shame or roll, depending <laughs> on whether it has wheels or not. I like slut walk better. That sounds pretty awesome. Well, that's the podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Mark, thank you so much for being a guest, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Is there anything that you want to plug? Like maybe, I don't know, poker related or anything? Like Yeah. Yeah. On the Twitch, there's a group called the Card Sharts. And every Friday, we get incomprehensible schnookered yes. and play poker. That's right. Bobby, Ian, you guys got to have any last words? Um, I've got a robot blowjob to get to, so... Uh... Row job. Bro job, yeah, Ian. How dare you? He just didn't want to pay royalties to you, Bobby, for the road job. I did not. All right. Well, if that's all you guys have to say, then that is our podcast for the night. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support us monetarily, you can hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash comedy, or much easier, themshits.com. Oh, what? Sorry. Okay, see, this is, of yeah, course, know, of course, of know, course every terrible. time. Like last season, nothing to say. Nothing. Nothing. This season. And now Bobby's thing is like, I'm going to interrupt before we can close catchy. out every time. Okay, Bobby, go ahead. No, I was just thinking that in the future, when robot sex dolls do become more ubiquitous and everything, there are going to be people out there that are pretending to be robots just because that's the only way they can get work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the safe, the safer <laughs> bet. <laughs> like, no nah, man. There's... Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's a great point though, but look at it from the other side. I mean, we're all debating uh, futuristic theories here, but I do think that when robot blowjobs become the norm, I think flesh blowjobs will have a premium. Oh yeah. So even if you are 65, 70, 80, I think the fact that you're like, yeah, you can get a robot blowjob anywhere, but how about this? And I don't even yeah. have teeth now. I can't wait to see the reviews on uh, Amazon or Yelp for, like, the best robot blowjob. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's that's going to be an, uh, an Amazon subsidiary. That's right. Eventually, everything's going to be an Amazon subsidiary. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. All right? Yeah, they're going to bring back Murder, Inc. Well, but before Amazon takes over and before the next episode of Card Charts... Uh, I actually do need to go outside and go walk my cat. There you go. Ah. Oh, my oh, got it. Yes. <laughs> the first time the guest has beat us to it. Yes, Mark, I love once it. again, I already said it, but thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Thank you. I appreciate you making the time, man. Thank you, Mark. That was awesome. That was awesome. Appreciate it, guys. So, yeah. Hit us up on Patreon or on any kind of our social media. Or if you just dig the podcast, tell your friends that you like the podcast. And if you want to be really fucking cool, walk your cat. 
Walk Mark's cat. Go walk your cat. Run his naked ass.